This is the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Hannah Nests. It is cold. It's so cold and my body has not adjusted yet. So I am like bundled up in a sweatshirt and it was really hard to get out of bed with my cuddly little three-year-old and six-year-old because, you know, of course, when I need to do something, when I need to slow down and knock something out, of course, I'm going to be doubly challenged. It just always happens. Um, (laughs) So my kiddos woke up at I don't know, probably about five o'clock this morning. And I had to go lay back down with them to get them to go to sleep because I can promise you no good will come out of them starting their day at 5 a.m. And I don't want to live with the repercussions of that decision. So I had to go cuddle back up with them this morning and just lay down and cuddle and it is cold already it's not even November it's October and I'm just not here for this weather change yet I should be it's October it's Iowa it's cold get over it um but I'm just not so I'm kind of cuddled up in my husband's sweatshirt trying to stay warm as I talk to all of you So I've kind of been getting this and this weekend I actually have the opportunity to go um, do some mindset training with a team and I have been thinking about what, what I'm going to say and this thing that my mom always said to me when I was little came back up. And not just when I was little, like my entire life. And yes, it was the most eye roll worthy thing that probably has ever been said to anyone in their life. And I know, I know I was eye rolling. I know I was all the things, right? I know that that was happening. And what she would say is what you think about, you bring about. And yes, if anyone has ever said that to you, I hope that that's something you've heard before. If it's not, welcome to my childhood. What you think about, you bring about. And I've never before this moment, before I was kind of mentally prepping for my weekend session, realized how crazy impactful that was and how that probably shaped me into the optimist that I am today. I don't think you're just born that way um, because trust me, you have to constantly force yourself back into optimism because the rest of the world is not built that way. It just isn't. I think it could be. Uh, But And it should be, but we are naturally set up to find the bad when it exists. So what you think about, you bring about. 
And how does that speak to everything that we've been talking to? Well, when I talked to this team this weekend, it's kind of a shift in what you look for. And, you know, you're always going to be looking to validate what you believe. We've talked about that before. And yeah, it's as simple as what my mom used to say. Literally, what you think about, you bring about. Sink it in, folks. Anytime that you're thinking that you are one thing, right? If I think that my thighs are huge, guess what's going to happen? That's what I'm going to start looking to validate, right? My thighs are huge. So what you think about, you bring about, dudes, right? If I'm thinking that I am ugly or I'm thinking that I am not capable of following my dreams, guess what is going to follow me? All of the things that go along with what I'm thinking about every time. Right? So if you if you break it down, and when I work with this team this weekend, it's really going to be a breakdown of, hey, when you go into those spaces where you're not successful, where you suck, and, you know, the game that I'm coaching on really has a volatile, volatile experience with this. I mean... If you mentally shut down, that will derail you faster than even being good or bad, right? And I told someone this week that, you know, championships and doing major things isn't built on the talent as much as it's built on the belief, right? And you have to harness all of the belief and and if anyone you know not just the people out there playing not just the people on the bench and the team if anyone doubts it or keeps speaking disbelief into it and it doesn't even have to sound like that like we could never right it doesn't even have to be specific any disbelief of any sort should have taken a time out should have played this girl, what are they thinking? Why are they taking out my kid? Blah, 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 right? Any ounce of that disbelief is going to set you up for the potential to derail you because that moment where those things are said, then there's a potential that someone starts doubting it. More parents start doubting it. If those parents start doubting it, that's going to trickle down to their kids starting to doubt it. And even if the parents don't get to more than two kids, those two kids could fester up disbelief in what you're doing and where you're headed. And that's why being super secure with who you are helps to remind people of where you're headed and why it's so important to be engaged. And it keeps those people who can't be swayed honest and true and focused on what you're doing. So everybody just needs a reminder 
about what you're about and not just a reminder, a constant presence of what you're about and where you are going, right? It's so vital. And, you know, when I'm working with these teams, it really is a breakdown of that one thing. What you think about, you will bring about. So when stuff's going bad, I need you to just not be shaken by it. And the way that you're not shaken by stuff going bad is keeping a constant narrative towards what you're going after, right? Or towards thinking about the things that you want to do instead of the reasons you can't do them, right? I need you to remember how great you are in those moments. And so I work with a lot of leaders who, yeah, I mean, if you're coaching or leading or anything based on how you've been coached or led before, it's probably going to sound a lot like this when you're trying to help someone be better. Hey, just angle, angle, right? Angle your platform different. Sorry, this is volleyball specific, but... Or when you're trying to coach someone, you know, really, if you just, if, if, if you just tried um, speaking different, right? And it's like, it's, it's constructive criticism. And I say that with quotes here. It's constructive. But if you just do this one thing a little bit different, you'll be a lot better. Well, here's my take on it. People who aren't doing well at any given thing, right? More than likely, they already know. They probably don't need more help getting there. And quite honestly, when you're talking about adult-aged people There are some people who need a breakdown or a breakthrough to understand how terribly toxic they are or terrible they are at some things. But nobody needs help realizing how terrible they are. They probably already know. There's probably already enough proof. So I I always want to just focus on things that are going to uplift us past those moments. Because when you're in those moments, you're looking, right? So when you're in that moment where you're in a smaller space, and I've had this happen to me this week. When you're in that small space, you are not looking to validate that you are awesome. You're looking to validate that you are small and terrible. And so if someone says something to you, that sounds like anything in that general vicinity, anything, right? So if I, if, if you just, um, drop the ball on something and you missed a deadline and, your boss comes in and they say, hey, we really need to get things done on time. 
And she's maybe she or he um, talking about something that happened two weeks ago. Uh, But, right, you're going to instantly validate. Oh my gosh, I knew it. I know. I'm terrible at this job. I can't keep any deadlines. What am I doing here? Right? Or if you're talking about sports analogies, go ahead. I shank a pass in volleyball or, um, and my teammate turns and looks at me and they're like, hey, just get your feet around the ball. I probably already know X, Y, and Z of the things that I need to do. Pretty confident. But when you're telling me, all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, she's right. I don't even know the general basics of how to play volleyball. I suck. I'm so terrible. This is terrible. And guess what happens? The ball comes back to you. And guess what happens? Probably isn't a good pass. (laughs) Almost every time, right? Because in those moments, in those shrink moments, you're looking to validate that you're small, that you suck, that you aren't capable. And I need you to shift to a space where you're, when, even when those things happen, you are still looking for the good. And it's hard. It is an uphill battle, I promise you. Right? But that's where being focused, being able to pull from specific things that you've set yourself up with to overcome that is going to get you past that moment. Right? So when I go in and I'm going to do this mental coaching, it really is a breakdown of what you think about you bring about, which is the simplest form. And I believe that simplicity is what's going to win. It can't be a billion things. It could literally be you being conscious of this fact. When shit gets bad, you aren't like looking for the next good thing. You're looking for the pile up of bad and things that don't even barely touch you in normal instances, right? That you can get over rather quickly that are generally big wins for you. Things that happen like that in these moments kill you, derail you, stop you, whatever it looks like. And if it had happened three weeks ago, probably wouldn't have even touched you. But since we're now just piling on the terrible, all of a sudden you're completely derailed by it, right? And that's because all of a sudden something that doesn't touch you hits you like a stack of bricks. Why? Because you aren't looking for the good anymore, right? You're looking for the bad. It's, it's literal human nature to start going down this rabbit hole. And if you are consciously looking to confirm the negative, you are going to find it. What you think about, you bring about. Do you want me to say it again? 
I could. I guarantee if I just said it for the entirety of this podcast, you wouldn't have heard it more than I heard it my entire childhood. (laughs) But my mom's right. It's so true and it's so basic and it's so elementary, but I didn't realize it until it was said to me. Right? And I'm so blessed to have had that shiny realization my entire life. Not that I learned anything from it, because guess what? (laughs) I'm still here doing this podcast based on someone who was so lost (laughs) and so in this negative place. And guess what? What I thought about, I brought about. Even though I've been told that so many more times than I even like to think about, literally saying it today in my head just brought like back all of these eye roll moments because You don't want to hear it when it's happening, but it's so freaking true. It's disgusting. And that's where I want to get you to realizing when you go in those spaces so that when you go there, you can coach yourself out of it. And even if someone isn't on your same level and they try to bring you down even further, which it's going to happen, right? Because it's just how we've all been taught to lead. Lead from the negative point out. Help coach. That's what coaches are supposed to do. And I listened to a podcast a couple years ago, probably two or three years ago. And it's funny that I didn't learn more from this. Not enough to not go back to this negative space. Um, But they were talking about positive coaching versus negative coaching. And all of the time, I would always say to my coaches, dude, once they're here, and a lot of times by the end of season, once they're here, or once they're on a court in a game, there probably isn't a lot of coaching that I can do that's going to make them better in that moment. My job really is to help them believe that they can do it, not teach them how to do it in those moments. That's what practice is for. When we're in a game, they should be pretty prepared. We can do tactical changes. Maybe we're going to pull in someone, maybe we're going to strategically change something because of what we're seeing. But if I'm trying to coach you in that moment and teach you how to do something, we're probably in trouble. Because you already know, right? And I need you to be strong enough to know what it is you're doing. Because if I'm teaching you in that moment, we're already 10 steps behind where we need to be, right? And I would always get super weird looks when, when kids would ask me what they need to do. And I would say, well, what, what do you need to do? Right? And they'd look at me like, dude, you're the coach. You should know. You don't know. Jeez, tell me. Come on. Right? But if I give you the answer in that moment... You're going to depend on me in moments where I need you to see it yourself, right? I'm not right by you. 
guess what happens? You maybe start listening more in practice because when I give you that answer, it's going to be in that setting. I don't have anything to give you in a game because that might distract you from believing that you could do it, right? What I need you to do is when it's time to show up and play and deliver, right? Not just in a game, but when it's time to show up and deliver and be this person, I need you to be strong enough to show up as that person. And if I'm giving you what you're looking for, that's going to set up a relationship where you're dependent on me. And what if I'm not here? Or what if I'm paying attention to something else? Or what if X, Y, and Z, right? I don't know what the instance is going to be, but if you're questioning it and you're looking to me for the answer, I have a problem, right? I never want to set you up to depend on me and the things that I offer you. That's going to be a problem. And when you're setting up what this looks like for you, I don't want you to set up the same thing for your life. Because all of a sudden, when you're in those doubt moments, I can't guarantee that that person who validated or signified what you believe in yourself is going to be there for you. Right? Jobs change all the time. People change all the time. You can't set yourself up to be dependent on someone else right? No one else has the answer. The answer is in you. It is. And if it isn't, you'll still probably figure it out. And guess what will happen inherently? If I don't give you the answer, I set you up for an opportunity to fail. And guess what happens when you fail? If it's something that you want to do, you're going to try something new. And if you fail again, you're going to try something else. And if you fail again, you're going to try one more thing. And then you're going to get it right. But you wouldn't have got there if I just gave you the answer. If I just gave you the pass all of that work to nail it down, to figure it out on your own, right? You're not going to get there. I can't have teams or people who are sitting looking at the sideline for the answer because guess what that signifies to the other team, to me, to somebody going after you, right? When you're in competitive situations, if you look shaken, you about to be attacked. You better be ready. And the problem is that person who looks shaken, <laughs> if it's me, that's who I'm going after. Right? If you're looking at the sideline for an answer of how you take this serve, <laughs> I'm coming at you all day long. Because you don't know. You don't have the answer. And you probably aren't going to keep trying to figure it out. You want the easy answer. I can't give you that, right? And I can help, you know, guide you as you're becoming a walking toddler. And you can keep coming back to this podcast. That's going to at least give you enough guidance to get where you can walk on your own. I can help you up. 
right? I can take back and I can help you practice these skills and we can talk about all the things that you need to adopt. That's good. But eventually, I'm going to need you to walk on your own. I'm going to need you to have the answer. You can't keep looking over to the sideline, people. You can't. Eventually, you're going to have to have it yourself. And a lot of the um, coaching practices that I had learned along the way were really positive mindset. So if you if you want to change something, it probably isn't going to come from just yelling it a million times. Right? The biggest change is going to come from you and positive affirmations on them doing that cuz guess what? When someone sucks at something, they probably don't need any help realizing that they suck. And why they suck. They probably already know the 20 reasons. And I wish that it was just 20. It's probably at least 400. Right? And they're going to keep shifting back to that space if you keep bringing it up, for goodness sake. Right? Your job in those moments, if you're a leader or if you want to be a leader, your job in those moments is to build the belief that they can do it. And you're not going to do that by always having the answer. The answer is in them. It is. And if you allow people to be dependent on you, and I think that that's such a hard paradigm to hold, it's so hard. Because as leaders, right, we're set up, we want people to depend on us, we want people to need us, but We can't have them depending on us. We can't. It is a terrible paradigm to create. It's bad. Right? And I know, I know our egos want them to want us. They do. And, and you know, I heard a lot of times like, well, that's just... That's just a good coach. If your players look back at you for the answer, that's a good coach. I believe the exact opposite. If you're looking over to me for anything but reassurance, for anything but a nod that you got this when we're in a game, we're screwed. I almost guarantee it. Right, And I'm sure there are a lot of coaches that are successful doing it other ways. But my belief, my belief in leadership is that in those moments, I need you to just act and not second guess. Right? Because that's going to inherently set you up to pass or fail. And either way, I mean, other than passing... <laughs> Either way, you're going to learn that you have the answer, right? And if you fail again, you're probably going to be looking back at me and going, geez, she's a terrible coach. I just need her. Can she just give me the freaking answer, right? And I can give you tactical changes that are related specifically to this game, but I cannot give you the answer. You already have it.
And if I give it to you this time, you're going to want it next time. And the next time and the next time and the next time. Right? And so leadership is just tough in that way. You know, you have to let the baby walk and fall. You just have to. That's a part of leading. That's a part of getting anywhere worth going. You have to just see them get past these moments. That's those are the strongest leaders, right? You can guide them, but you can't continue to hold their hand. And One of the most transformational things that you can do with your teams and with yourself is knowing when you shift into those small places, right? And you probably aren't going to have a lot of leaders who do these things, who help to help you to not validate the negative belief that you're holding right now, right? There are oftentimes, because we've all been taught to lead like this, they're oftentimes going to point out how bad you suck, which you don't need help with, by the way. And that's why it's imperative that you start realizing that what you think about, you bring about. I know, it's annoying. I heard it. I got it. It's so simple, but it's so true. You are always going to be looking to validate your belief. If your belief is that you suck or you can't go chase down your dreams or you X, Y, and Z, that's what you're going to be searching to validate. And so shifting what you're looking for, shifting the belief that you're trying to focus on or get is going to transform where you go right but we got to start to shift what you're looking for what you think about you bring about 